All right, welcome to the Slingshot Sim Racing Podcast, where we get to know our community on and off the track while also talking about anything and everything else sim racing related. Uh, you can check us out on slingshotracing.org, and from there you can even join our Discord. This podcast is brought to you by Apex Energy Drink and Martin Sports, but we'll talk about them a little bit later. For now, let's jump into it. Uh, Chris, uh, how are you doing tonight? It's good to be here with you. Doing well. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, originally, we had a, a guest, Aaron Smith, scheduled uh, for this week, but uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, he's going to be uh, on the show next week after Watkins Glen, and he wanted to share that he thought that'd be a little bit more fitting anyways because he is a, a road course guy, which based on the fact that he's won the last two races and he's saying he's a road course guy, I'm kind of scared going Look into out. this week's race at Watkins Glen. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be fast. He is. He's he's been fast everywhere, and there's gonna be a lot of guys. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to to Watkins Glen and maybe seeing some guys that uh, uh, surprise us a little bit with their road course speed. Have you been uh, Have you been practicing? Have you been racing anything this week? I have not. I, I've been pretty busy this week with work. Um, I haven't done any type of testing or anything around Watkins Glen other than the the recruitment race that we had that that did not go very well for me, as you know. Um, I think I think we should re um, recreate the standing start we had we had there for our recruitment race during the preseason. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it, <laughs> and we'll also throw um, we'll have competition cautions as well to group the field back up, and we'll we'll do standing starts on the grid multiple times during the race. Yeah, just standing yeah standing starts from the restart. Um, yeah. That was an interesting happen? race. That was an interesting race for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I've done a little testing there today, and I felt like the car did not feel the same as it did in the race we ran a couple of months ago. I don't know if it was me it changed. I don't know if my, my settings or my setup had changed, but I definitely felt like it took me a little bit of time to, to get back up to speed. Um, well, I hope so. it changed because I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt it felt a little bit looser uh, to me. I felt like the throttle uh, control was a little bit more difficult. Um, the car was a little bit more willing or likely to let those rear tires, um, you know, get out from under me a little bit. But I think I finally kind of figured it out and got back up to speed. So we'll see. But before we talk about Watkins Glen, Bristol last week um, had some hurt feelings at the end of the race. Aaron Smith ended up winning the race on a late race pit strategy call. He kind of saved his set of tires for the end and uh, had some folks not too happy about that. But what was your overall kind of impression of how that race went uh, for for us, but also just for you specifically? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I think that, you know, we had a lot of green flag racing, which I was really, really happy about. I was uh, happy that the guys um you know use their heads out there and and we got as much green flag racing in as we could unfortunately it didn't go so well for me um that's a place that i really like racing at um racing the truck there racing the xfinity car there the 87 um but i didn't do so well um in this next gen car there um it, it i i it took me about halfway through the race before i realized what i was doing wrong uh we got out to um, an early jump there in third, um, and everybody started driving away from me after that. 
uh, I was abusing my tires, and I didn't really realize how I was abusing them until about halfway through the race, and by that point, I was so far behind. I just had to fight tooth and nail for what I could get. How about uh, you? you're you're usually pretty good at not driving on those on those right front uh, tires. Was that what you were doing this time? Yeah, I also I I feel like. You know, I wanted to run the bottom because everything I've always run here and been fast in, I've I've run the bottom. You know, you know, I'll, I'll run the top if I'm trying to hold somebody off, mm-hmm. or you know, if, if I have to. But, um, gosh, into a run there, I just could not hold the bottom anymore, um, and I just had to move up top. Like I was forced to move up top because the car wouldn't turn, um, and that that was just killing my tires even more, but that's the only way I could keep any type of speed up. I was just getting killed center of the corner off, uh, running the bottom. And it, it took me just because that car is different. Our lap times were really, really fast. Um, it took me probably about halfway through the race to realize, Oh, I can see what they're doing. I see what I was doing here. I think I started off with just way too much front brake bias in, um, I, by the end of the race, I had my brake bias down pretty low and it was it was comfortable with me so i i, I should have probably started out with the with the brake bias a little bit lower i don't know if you ever experimented too much with that during the race so i i cranked it down a little bit during the race but i started off my brake bias really low um probably i think lower than you i can't remember the exact number but i felt like that helped me save tires a little bit longer i think you know, I I didn't run into quite the the tire problems early as you did, but towards the end when I was running the top um, as kind of the only way I could keep up, that's when I tore my tires up probably quicker than I did on any other run. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting kind of a tip uh, with the brake bias dialing it down in terms of preserving your right side tires. Something we learned I think a couple of years ago um, running the trucks. Um, with USRA brake bias and steering box ratio makes a huge, a huge deal. So we've, we've done some work on that, but even at Bristol, I don't think it was quite probably where it needed to be. So, but all in all, I felt like it was a good race. It's a good race for me. Um, but I felt like the, the, the green flag stretches were really nice, um, until they weren't in terms of throwing some, uh, some tire strategy in there and, Something I'm curious, uh, your thoughts, I kind of already know your thoughts, but uh, for, for those who are listening, um, it's been kind of a big point of debate uh, in Slingshot as to how many sets of tires um, we should use. For our previous season and this season, we typically use three total sets of tires, so you get two changes. And we've had some drivers talk to us about you know maybe uh, giving a, an extra set of tires, and I think... We've we've kind of stuck to our guns in the sense that, you know, we want there to be some strategy. We want you to have to save tires and uh, we don't want folks necessarily just running full out all race um, because it adds an extra dimension uh, of kind of strategy. And I think kind of fun. Um, It's not always going to work out to to your favor, um, but I think it adds an added dimension of strategy. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I'm. I, I understand. Um, I, I, I really do understand because that track's really different as far as tire wear goes than a lot of others. Um, you know, with it being just, you know, radius of the corners, the speed that you carry through the corners, you're going to burn some tire up there. So I, I get it. I really do. Um, I, I'm one that's, 
the rules are a certain way for one race. They're a certain way for all the races. Um, that's just how I am. And that's how I would want it to be. Um, there's a lot of luck involved for sure. Like when you decide to take your tires, you know, versus other people, uh, there's a lot of luck involved, but there's also a lot of luck involved in a lot of races that we go to. I mean, you go to Daytona and Talladega, that's, that's straight crap shoot luck right there. Um, it's just it's just racing is a sport and i know that we're talking about sim racing here but i think racing is a sport where luck matters probably more than any other sport um and you know i, I just i i think that you've got to accept that when you go in that um hey it worked for me in in the 87s um i took my tires when i did and it paid off for me and if i was you know i was on the other end of it this time i kept on getting lapped and missing out on the lucky dog because there was somebody that was also on my lap that was coming through on new tires every single time. And I've got the lucky dog taken away from me more than once because of that. Um, it's just the way it is. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just think that kind of got to accept it and move on. And, um, you know, just know that uh, this is one track where, you know, you, you just want to, you want to hold on to that set until the last caution. It's just, you know, trying to figure out when that last caution is going to be. Yeah. So, um, Aaron Wilson or Aaron, Aaron Smith, sorry. Um, decided he was going to save one final set for that last, what I think we had 30 laps, Yeah, uh, kind of a 30 lap shootout, uh, Bristol, which goes actually really fast. And man, he was, he was ripping up through there, uh, took the leaders, I think three wide at one point for the lead. Um, and definitely kind of an exciting, uh, finish towards the end. So, uh, looking forward to this week at Watkins Glen, uh, we raced a recruitment race there back a couple of months ago, um, which <laughs> was uh, wild and crazy, uh, for all the wrong reasons, probably as recruitment races can often be. Um, but what are you expecting? Um, you know, as we roll into kind of our first road course, of the season we're going to be running to this and later on the Chicago street course, but this is going to be the first test for a lot of guys who, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily used to running these cars on road courses. I think we've got a, a good handful of drivers who are kind of going to be in that situation. Most of us probably aren't spending a lot of time in these cars on the road courses. So what are going to be the big challenges as, as we roll into these right-handers this week? Well, Watkins Glen has, be, has been reworked on iRacing, um, and there's a lot of runoff area. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who um, takes advantage of that the best. Uh, I know we've had this talk. I'm more somebody that, you know, I don't like to use the extra track. I, I prefer to, you know, stay on the track. Whereas I think that you, you were a lot quicker than I was in the recruitment race. And looking back, you were using a lot of the runoff. And I think oh, that's yeah. part of it. I think that's um, something that we'll have to keep an eye on is like who's using the runoff areas to their advantage. And, you know, maybe there's going to be some guys that, you know, I'm sure, you know, like Chase and, and Randy and Justin, like they'll they'll probably, you know, be fast whether they're using the runoff area or not. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's going to be different than what maybe some guys who have raced stock cars in the past on road courses on iRacing. Have experience. That's how I felt anyway. My um my first race that was that recruitment race, and the braking was just really something that I could not get my 
my hands around. Like I just did not understand what I needed to do. Um, the whole, like the whole race. And, um, I, I think that that's going to be something to keep an eye on is, is who can adjust to the brakes and who's using the runoff area to their, uh, to their benefit the best. Yeah. I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out to that grass every time. As long as it's, as long as it's, uh, inbounds for the eye racing control, then we're good with it. And I'll be running out there pretty much as much as I can. I experimented. X's, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think what I have like 140 something at at um Coda last yeah. year. Um yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting race. I think uh that we're going to see some guys who are maybe uh you know, haven't been up there as much consistently uh this season, maybe having some some good runs. Um I I don't I don't think that'll probably be me, but one thing I am interested to see is this is going to be, you know, pretty much clean race in the sense that you can call your pit strategy pretty much before the race even begins uh which is something i'm sure we'll probably sit down and do uh at least you know in final practice or or day of the race is figure out you know what what are the laps we're coming in how long can we make it uh so that strategy won't necessarily be a wild card kind of calling on the spot like we've seen in the first four races or five races of the season. Um, and I'm curious to see how some drivers handle that um, because it's basically going to be who has the best pit strategy. Uh, you know, there's not going to be any uh, kind of random variables that hit right in the middle of the race. Um, so guys will have a chance to kind of call their shots before the race even starts. I'm curious to see how that goes. And um, I'm just curious to see um, overall uh, who's going to shine? Because I think, like you said, Aaron Smith is going to be fast, but will there be guys that um, we haven't seen running up front? I feel like we've got a couple guys that might be pretty strong on road courses that we haven't quite seen yet. So I'm curious when practice rolls around who those folks are going to be. Um, but I think they're, the, the thing I was thinking about today in practice was there's so many overtake areas uh, on the track. You know, whether you're yeah. going down into once a great opportunity to overtake, people are going to you know overshoot one for sure, which is really easy to do. Um, if you don't get slowed down uh, and, and on the brakes just right, you're going to have a hard time turning through that corner. It's going to give a lot of guys the opportunity to pass. Um, S's are going to be dangerous. I feel like that's going to be the most dangerous part of the track is going up through those S's. In terms of, you know, what guys are going to clip the wall, what guys are going to hit the brakes at the wrong point and have the rear end come out from underneath them. Um, and then the bus stop, the interlude, guys are going to, you know, be aggressive with braking there all day, all night, probably. Um, so there's just a lot of good overtake zones. What's your favorite passing zone on the track? What's your favorite corner? Uh I like the bus stop. I, I don't really do a lot of passing there just because I'm not very fast on road courses. Uh, but I, I do like passing into the bus stop, like trying to get that's that's a corner that you can kind of set up the pass way far away. Like if you get off a of turn one good and you can then get a good run up the hill through the S's uh, on somebody. And, and a lot of people, from my experience, the the few passes I've actually been able to make at Watkins Glen um, is when people are just trying to hot rod it up the hill through the S's, um, you know, and try to hold it wide open and they're sideways killing their rear tires. 
um, and and scrubbing off speed that way. Uh, so definitely right there. Um, but like you said, there's all kinds of opportunities. Um, you know, it, Watkins Glen, in my opinion, is is probably the best road course in all of North America. Um, I can't think of one that's better than it. Um, it's got, you know, Formula One's raced there. NASCAR's obviously raced there for years. Um, it's just, it's a really, really good, solid track that I think puts on a, um, a really good race. And if you're going to have a NASCAR season like we are with only maybe one or two road courses, it's definitely got to be on your list. I would agree. I think, um, I like the bus stop as well. I think it's a great place to set up passes kind of as you're exiting the S's, um, going down towards the interlude. Uh, let me ask you if, if someone gets to your right side, going towards the interlude, are you letting off or are you taking it in there with them? I'm letting off just because I'm not very good. <laughs> I'm not, um, I'm not one of these, you know, fearless road racers. Oh yeah. I've seen them before. I'm not one to, you know, like obviously if it's coming down to the win or if it's coming down the last lap, that might be something different, but usually on a road course, if I'm being completely honest with you, if they're, you know, catching me, if they're getting through the S's a lot better than I am, if they gained on me up the hill and I know I'm struggling up the hill and, you know, I'm going to let them go. Um, that I'm kind of like a traditionalist in that regard. I feel like that's, you know, that's their corner by that point. So uh, what about you? I think that I am probably going to let off. Uh, I I just don't have the the fortitude to hold it in there i think i know better i think knowing my line also into that corner just probably not a good idea uh to force it in there i think you know the goal i feel like based on what i've seen is you got to get as close to that wall as possible um almost you know to a dangerous extent at some point so um i think i let off too and hopefully hopefully Everyone uh, who's in that situation Wednesday night is going to take that same approach. I really do. Um, we'll see, though. Um, yeah, you can catch that race Wednesday night, 830. Uh, you can go to our website to find the live stream, uh, to find the link to Southern Broadcast Racing Network, our broadcast partner's Twitch page. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll have as many um, you know fans and viewers packed in there as possible. Um, okay, so... Speaking of road courses, uh, load cell pedals are probably uh, really important on a road course in terms of muscle memory and and knowing those braking spots. And this week, Logitech uh, announced that they were releasing brand new set of load cell pedals, as well as maybe even more um, importantly, a new direct drive wheel and wheelbase. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I don't even think you knew about it until just recently, probably. What today? Oh no, I heard about it. Okay, I, gotcha. I wasn't aware of the release date until today and the price until today. So. Yeah, they're but releasing hopefully by the end of September, and yeah. uh, these pedals are going to retail for I believe I read around three fifty to three ninety nine, and the wheel is going to uh, retail for nine ninety nine ninety nine US dollars. Uh, now, that does include a wheel rim, uh, to be fair. Um, it looks like it's got some sort of clamping system that comes with it. Uh, I think I read that this thing was going to be 11 newton meters, uh, which is uh, above what the Club Sport, uh, the CSL DD wheel from Fanatec, 
pushes out even with the boost kit. So it's going to be a bit more powerful wheel. Um, I, I don't even know how people run, you know, more than eight Newton meters. Uh, if I turn force feedback full up on that uh, club sport uh, DD wheel or the CSL DD, I, I don't know how much further I could go. What more Newton meters would do for me. Um, yeah. But my initial thought on, on this, just looking at them, they look good. Um, but there's still a lot of plastic. I'm looking at the pedals in particular and I see a lot of plastic. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's plastic. I'm looking at this, uh, story from traction.gg, uh, the website. Um, it doesn't say whether it's metal or not, but man, I can't, I can't imagine you would, you could get away with charging $350 for, uh, a set of pedals that has plastic on it. Um, maybe that's just me, but. Uh, it's got a load cell pedal that is reminiscent of, I guess it looks a lot like to me what you would find on the the V3 uh, Fanatec um, load cell pedals, Club Sports. Um, so 350 for that, for the direct drive, I don't know. I, me personally, also obviously I've got the, the CSL DD wheel, but if I was in the market for a wheel, I just, I don't think this would be... Um, one I was particularly interested in just because it still looks kind of cheap to me. Um, and it's certainly not cheap. It doesn't look like what it costs. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that price point. Um, I think that, you know, we were talking when I saw that price point. Um, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Um, yeah. Going with that because, um, you know, I, I've got the Fanatic set, obviously, with the CSL DD. Um, and the load cell pedals. And, and I mean, I just, I feel like, obviously I don't see it in front of me. I'm looking at a picture of it. Um, but like you said, it's got a lot of plastic in it. It looks cheap. Um, and it, it just does not look as good as my CSL DD does. Um, now to be fair, I had a G27 for about 12, 13 years, um, until, you know, this year, literally. So, um, but you know, I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm really glad I didn't wait for Thrustmasters market affordable um, DD wheel. <laughs> November, they're, they they are saying all details will be revealed in November. So, yeah, I'm recording you, this it's yeah, September 25th. So we got about what a month and a half or so. Yeah, uh, until we hear it. about that. Yeah, I believe when I see it, <laughs> I don't know how long, how many, how many months I've heard that we're gonna see uh, their DD wheel. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I just. Uh, for for what for what you know i know about you know the dd market right now and uh, i just i'm really happy with what i got you know and i'm sure that there there's got to be people out here that are interested in this thing otherwise they wouldn't put it out there like this and um you know i don't know if they're going for the the console market i, I see you know it's got obviously xbox buttons all over it um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe that's who they're going with. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it works out for them. It's just, I'm, I'm watching a video of it. Uh, so you can see a little bit more scale, but it looks so big. Like we both got the, the CSL DD, which I feel like if you detach the rim from it, kind of reminds you of Thor's hammer a little bit, but it's not, yeah. it's not that big. This thing it's just not. looks so bulky. It, it looks like. I don't even know. I guess you've got to have a bigger motor, uh, servo or whatever for for the 
uh, direct drive, the direct drive motor. If you're just at 11 Newton meters, maybe it's a little bit bigger, but yeah. it looks plasticky. I, I think eight is eight is plenty for me personally, you know, and yeah. I don't even run, I don't even run force feedback up really high just because I, that's just my personal preference. You know, I try to be as smooth as I can. So I've got mine turned down really, really low. Um, I, th- but, yeah. I think they're relying on their name here. Uh, and I hate, to, I hate to say that, but like, you know, if you looked at uh, during, during the pandemic, right? Logitech just sold, you know, hundreds of thousands of wheels. It was really difficult to get your hands on a Logitech wheel during the pandemic because this is a company that people were familiar with. They had the economy of scale enabled, you know, in terms of being able to put all these out there, all these units, and people just gobbled them up. And I think that they're relying on the fact that people are familiar with the Logitech name. And you're probably going to be able to buy these in Best Buy, I would imagine. Um, yeah. They won't just be an online kind of niche, niche product like the Fanatec or even you know something uh, more, more like a Sim Magic or SimuCube or something like that. So I think that they're going with the idea that um, people who are looking to get into sim racing who might have some money to shell out aren't going to aren't going to know any better. Maybe that's cyn- yeah. cynical of me, but no, they're um, relying on ignorance. I think I think you're 100 yeah. percent right. Hey, and if you've got the money to spend and, and you're pleased with the Logitech uh, setup, then by all means, that's great. We're happy, happy for you, but I certainly couldn't afford it. Um, so that's no. that's where I'm coming from in terms of I feel like you can do better for less. But, um, you know, also so hard to get your hands on a, a Fanatec wheel. So um, and the customer service, it's, uh, Less it's, than uh, I've deal. seen better. Yeah, I've yeah. seen better. So, um I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, you know, the sim racing hardware market continues to, I won't say get saturated, but man, six, seven, eight, ten years ago, could you imagine we would have all the options that we do now for wheels and pedals and shifters and dashboards and all that stuff? Not a chance. I never would have guessed. I mean, I, I was, you know, I've been running around with I never even thought that I would have a, a I could afford a direct drive wheel. I just thought that that was something that, and eh, maybe one day, you know, when I have, you know, you know, put back a little bit of money, something I can afford. But um, you know, with these more market affordable DD wheels coming out, uh, I, I never would have guessed it. I never would have thought that we would be in this position that we would get to this point. Yeah, it's a great time to be a sim racer. I think the the pandemic is challenging as it was did the sim sim racing community a lot of favors in terms of exposure and um you know just increasing that that market base uh of customers and racers um which is ultimately good for all of us right um so yeah i think that's probably a great place to to wrap up do you have anything else you want to talk about tonight uh i don't think so um i'm going to need uh i'm going to need a little bit of time to unwind after watching the thousand hours of the texas cup race (laughs) man 500 miles i feel like is a long for a long time for any race but for a texas race um and it was a wild race right tires were were oh man i can't i don't even know how many people blew tires um there's no reason we should be watching 500 mile races on mile and a half tracks in the year 2022 um we should keep them we should have the Daytona 500, the Coke 600, Southern 500, and that's it for these 500 mile races. Get all these <laughs> other ones. Get all these other ones down 400 miles or less. 
But here's the thing. I'm curious to see the Jeff Gluck, was it a good race poll? Because if you remove the tire situation um, and you remove that rain delay, I feel like the racing I saw was honestly really decent. Um, I don't know how you felt. It wasn't, it wasn't bad for a Texas race. And and that's, you know, it it was better than the all-star race was. The all-star race was horrible. Um, Mm. And I was thinking it was going to be the same way just because they completely destroyed this track when they reconfigured it. But I think a lot of it was they, the, they really screwed up Bristol with the PJ one last week. Um, I think they actually did a pretty good job with it this week. Um, I, I wish that we could get to a point where we'd stop manipulating the tracks to improve the racing. Um, but, um, I think that they, um, they did a good job with it this week and, and you know, when, when they weren't blowing tires, um, it was, it was pretty good. I, I think people missing the groove down in one and two and slipping up the track obviously sort of maybe made it a cause you know, the groove was if you were trying to run that second lane, it was very, very tight. It was very narrow. Uh, you had to really, really be on your, on your game, but I agree with you. I thought it was, you know, for a, for a Texas race, um, if we could have had, you know, fewer tire issues, um, I think that, you know, the racing was actually decent. Yeah. I feel like driver skill was maybe a little bit more on, on, display tonight just in yeah. terms of holding on to those cars out of uh into one through two uh and even i guess out of three and four as well you saw a couple guys have problems um yeah. that's i think it highlights the next gens you know which we're running in our series they're they're not easy cars to drive uh as opposed to the gen six which were great cars don't get me wrong but um you know these things snap loose uh, in a moment's notice, and that's something that the drivers have been saying all season long. It's what what our drivers have been saying all season long. If I had a nickel for every time someone wrecked and said, "Man, I just I don't even know what happened there." Um, yeah. So yeah, um, it should be an interesting race in the Cup Series in real life at Talladega uh, next week. And for us, we're moving on to Watkins, Watkins Glen uh, Wednesday at eight thirty. Check it out. Um, yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful week next week. We're going to have Aaron Smith, the points leader, uh, who's won two races in a row, maybe even three races in a row by the time we roll out of Watkins Glen. Uh, and, um, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye. X Energy will help you hyper-focus in those intense, palm-sweaty moments during the toughest of matches. Hours of grinding to level up your gear will fly by without dragging you down. Enjoy the chat with your followers without losing sight of your in-game goal as you multitask with ease. Apex Energy uses the best ingredients to promote focus, increase energy, stamina, and mental focus, support and improve cognitive and function, enhance power output, and help maintain blood sugar levels while supporting overall health. The unique blend we use for Apex Energy is like nothing else currently on the market. Go to apexenergydrink.com, use the code SLINGSHOT10, and get 10% off of your first order. Martin Sports is a leading manufacturer in sports apparel. Our products are custom made for each client to their specifications. From size templates to material, we truly custom make each piece for you. Whether you need your need is corporate, sports, small businesses, or maybe even fundraising, 
we can meet and exceed any expectations. Visit us at martinsports906.com.